Let's pray. Our dear Father, we come before you today and we say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to come here. Thank you for allowing us to gather together. Thank you for allowing us to lift your name. Speak through this message, Lord. Keep my lips to say the things that are true, and those only, and not of myself, and use this to further your kingdom and your body. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning. It is so good to be with you here. I apologize. I'm a little bit institutionalized. When I preach at the prisons, I'm always in the back of the building and have to come forward. So this morning, some of you are probably wondering where the pastor was at. I'm standing at the back so I could watch every one of you. I didn't close my eyes when you were praying because I was watching you because that's what they trained me to do in the prisons. Uh, I see a lot of familiar faces, and I see a lot of faces I don't know, so let me take just a moment to introduce myself. My name is Larry Walker, and I'm a chaplain with Grace Without Borders Ministries. Grace Without Borders Ministries goes into the prisons. We preach sermons, we baptize, we do Bible studies, and we do counseling. You guys support us, and so thank you for your prayers and your financial support, because without that, we couldn't do what we do. On Monday nights, uh, Chuck and Carol Orr, Veet Bamber, and Judith McCall all go to uh, Arkansas Valley Prison with me. It's about an hour drive. We drive down there for an hour, do a two-hour Bible study, and then drive back home. Six to ten every Monday, we're with those guys. And so thank you for allowing us to do that. I do have a table back there that you can sign up for. Two sign-up sheets. Do not mix them up. Okay? One sign-up sheet is to be on the newsletter. The other sign-up sheet is that you want to go into the prison as a volunteer one time and see what it's like. So don't get them confused, okay? Take your Bibles and open them up to Proverbs chapter 15. How many of you have ever been on a path before? Two of you. How many of you have been on a trail before? Four more of you. How many of you have ever been on a road Come on, y'all got here this morning. You was on a road, okay? A path, a trail, a road, we've all been on those. Some paths lead directly from A to B. And some paths take a little while to get there. This morning, the path we're going to be on is going to take us a little while to get there. We'll end up in Proverbs 15, but it's going to take a minute for us to get there. What I like to do in the prisons is I say, once you've gotten there in your Bibles, say amen. I'm missing about 15 amens. We'll wait for you. Okay, there's one. There's another one, all right. Can I get one more? Ooh. Okay, now we're all there. All right, now stay there. I'm going to jump around. Remember, I told you this trail is going to go, but we'll get to uh, Proverbs 15, the long way. When we look at the book of Proverbs, we find the word path 12 times, the word paths 17 times, the word way 33 times, and the word ways 28 times. There's a way to go. There's a path to go. There's a road to go. So for us to start this morning, we had to start on the path. Where did the path start? That path started 
in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus answered and said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. That is where the path begins with Jesus Christ. In fact, that's where the path ends with Jesus Christ. And so to be on the path, it's all about us being with Jesus. Because he said in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter there through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Because the life that is, leads to life is a narrow path, that's Jesus. Because Jesus paid it all. Jesus did everything on that path. We don't have to. All the other religions out there, if you're good enough, you can make it. If you don't do this, you'll make it. If you do do this, you'll make it. And if you don't do what you're supposed to do and do what you do do, you might make it. And so what they're saying is that you are never going to be good enough to be good enough. You can't make it. And so that's why this narrow road is because Jesus did it all. And what happens is I have a problem with that is what do I have to do? Nothing. Because I can't do anything. He already did it. I climbed Greenhorn Mountain once. Uh, when you get older and you climb a mountain, take somebody that's younger with you than you and stronger than you are. I took a 28-year-old young man so that in case I needed him, he could help me off the mountain. And when we first started out, the trail was marked, and I was enjoying it and walking on the trail, looking at the trees, and we're looking at the wildlife. A deer came out of there, and I'm taking a picture. I've got my camera, and I'm enjoying it. When we broke out of the woods, all of a sudden, the trail had shale on it. The path became a little bit more dangerous. And as I looked out here, I could see the drop-off, so I wasn't looking out here so much as I was looking on this. And I was looking on this path because I didn't want to swerve to the left or to the right, but I wanted to stay on that path. And then it got up to the top of the mountain there, and it was just like all oh, this beautiful green grass. And I thought, oh, wow, uh, Julia Robert, or Julia, uh, Julie Andrews, thank you. Julie Andrews, I'm in The Sound of Music. No, it's like green stuff over rocks, and it gets even worse. So don't be disillusioned by that. But what happened was the path opened up, and it was a broad path, and I could walk any way I wanted to around those rocks to get to the top of Greenhorn Mountain. Proverbs 4. I told you we're taking a long way around, okay? Proverbs 4. I'm doing two things today that I should never, ever do. The first one is preaching from a brand new Bible because it's not in the right spot and it's not highlighted. None of it. And so I'm having trouble finding some of the stuff because they mix it all up. It's different. Have you ever had a Bible like that and then you know where everything is and then you turn to another Bible and you're completely lost? Yeah, that's me this morning. Proverbs chapter 4. It says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of feet and be steadfast in your ways. Do not turn 
the left or to the right. Pilgrim's Progress was written by John Bunyan years ago, and it's the, pro the story of Christian as he starts out on the path. And as he goes on the path, there's all these things that come against him. In fact, as he's on the path and he's going along pretty well, everything's good and fine, all of a sudden he comes to Vanity City. Everything you could want and everything you could need is right there. It's like when we're on the path, Satan does this, squirrel. I need a new phone. There's nothing wrong with having a new phone. But I get sidetracked because have you seen the new Galaxy S23? It's got like seven cameras on it and you can do right on it. And see, I've got a Galaxy S8. I know it's one step above a flip phone, okay? Like I said, I need a new phone. But what happens is that there's nothing wrong with that phone, but I'm here in Vanity City, and Satan wants to throw that over there so that I spend more time looking at phones, trying to figure out phones and everything else. Well, I don't have time to read my Bible this morning because I'm so busy thinking about this new phone. That he's trying to get anything and everything in my path to draw me away. How about if you get a promotion at a job and the, and the boss says, you know what, I'm going to give you $10,000 a year more. Good deal, huh? But it's going to cost you another 35 hours a week. And we as men, sometimes we get caught up in that it's all about my job. And so if I can make $10,000 more, that will provide for my wife and for my family. And I try to justify it. I'm off the path. Now, if you're getting a promotion, it's not bad, okay? I don't want you to think I'm saying it's bad to get a promotion, it's bad to get a new thing. It's like... What is the things that Satan is saying squirrel to make us get off of the path? Proverbs 15. I told you we'd get there. You're like, wow, there's 33 verses. There is. It's 1130. Okay, we'll only look at three of them. Proverbs 15, verse 10. Stern discipline awaits anyone who leads the path. The one who hates correction will die. Stern discipline awaits those who lead the path. My daughter, I think she was five or six years old, she started lying all the time. And she kept lying, and so we're trying to figure out what to do. Men, if you decide to do some type of a new discipline with your children, make sure you talk to your wives first, okay? I decided I'd come up with this great idea that would teach my daughter how to quit lying. And so I told her to go get her, I'm going to grandma's house, little suitcase, and to pack her bags because liars couldn't live in this house. So she went to her bedroom and she packed a few clothes in there and zipped the suitcase and she went to the front door, and I opened the front door, and I said, liars can't live here. Put her on the front porch and shut the door. And then my wife was sitting on the sofa. And uh, that's another sermon for another day. So I'm peeking through the shades to see where my daughter is. I can't see her. 
So I panic, and I run to the front door, and I open the front door, and there stands my daughter. And I said, what are you doing? And she said, we can't cross the street by ourselves. I couldn't break that rule. Come on in, honey. Come on in, honey. She never lied. I never caught her in another lie since then. The discipline was that we make rules for our children because we love them. They may not understand it, and they may not want it, but it's for their own good. God makes rules for us for our own good. Here's what happened. Here's what's happened to me. I've been on the path before, and God, and I've got started to wander off, and God says, no, you shouldn't go there. And you know what I've said? I'm safe. I'm good. Stop. You're not going to go there. I think you're wrong on this one, God. You know what I'm going to do? sit right here until you realize that you are wrong. Guess what I did? I sat there and I sat there and I thought, oh, God, you are right. This is a pride issue that I have. I'm sorry. And I got back up. See, God sets rules for us to keep us on the path. And sometimes we don't like it when he disciplines us because Hebrew says what? The Lord disciplines those whom he loves. And so I didn't like the rule, but the rule was good for me. Kids, if you don't get nothing else out of this message today, get this. The rules that mom and dad make for you, you don't know they're good for you. They're going to use that, and you're going to hear it more, okay? They're good for you. The rules that God gives us, we may not know it at the time, but they are good for us. Verse 19. The way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. See, when I started my journey with Jesus, it was on a path when I started that path, the path was like this. Because when I started that, it was like, oh, I can't do this no more. I can't do that no more. I got to do this. And now I got to go to church. Now I got to sing songs. I can't do here. And it felt like it was a cumbersome path. But the more I walked with Jesus, the path started getting wider. The path became a highway. I'm on a, now I'm on a four-lane, no, I'm on a, no, I'm on a ten-lane highway now. Are you on the path? Ouch. What do you mean, ouch? Are you on the path? Okay, come on with me, because the path gets brighter. Stay on the path. Keep going on the path. It gets easier. Keep on walking. Are you on the path? We better get wider because now there's two of us. Are you on the path? Now there's three of us. Now we're on a road. Are you on the road? Say it like you mean it. You're on the road? Okay, now it's a highway. And what 
It's not cumbersome. It's not burdensome. Now I want to come to church. Now I want to sing the songs. I want to be on the highway with you. I want to be on the road with you. I want to be on the trail with you. I want to be on the path with you. Let's all get on the path. Did you shut me off? Let's all get on the path. Okay, this is second service. You guys should be wide awake. Proverbs, verse 24. The path of life leads upward for the prudent to keep them from going down to the realm of death. The path is an upright highway that leads to life. We have to get on the path. The path is Jesus Christ. Once we've surrendered our life to Jesus Christ, we start the path. And he has a lot of rules for us to help us so we stay on the path so I don't do this. Well, let's see how far I can get on the edge of the path without getting off the path. Let me take one step off the path and see what happens. Hey, I can still see the path. How do I end up in the ditch? swerving to the left or the right, taking those little steps that lead us off the path that ends it up in the ditch. But it says here that the path will become a highway for the righteous and lead them upward. Because in Pilgrim's Progress, Christians on the path, and the whole goal is to reach the celestial city. To reach heaven. We're on the same path. We're on the same road. We need to encourage each other. And that's this morning what I want to do to you. Encourage you to stay on the path. Keep on the path. And guess what? Next week, if you see me pouting on the path, pick me up. Because next week, it might be you. When somebody's hurting, pick them up on the path. And then let's walk this path together. Amen? Okay. Two things. I should do is the communion this morning. I mean, that's not what I should do. I'm on the wrong path right there. We're going to take communion this morning because this is where it all starts. This is where it all ends with Jesus Christ on the cross. And this whole week, this song kept coming back to me, kept coming back to me, kept coming back to me. Never did I ever think of this as a communion song. And so I'm going to do something I'll probably never ever do again. Is I'm going to sing this song, a part of the song. Because my Bible says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And I take that literal. Because my noise is joyful. Not to you, it will not be. To me it is. But this song, I think, sums it up for me anyway. I forgot the words. Heartaches, broken pieces. 
ready for take this morning, I want you to think just for a moment. Where am I at on the path? Am I on the path? Do I slipped off the path? Lord, call me out of the ditch. Just deal with that for just a moment. Examine yourself and then come forward and take the elements and then we'll partake together.
our sin, for our guilt, for our shame, that we can say we have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Thank you for that sacrifice and doing what we could not do, but that yet you made a way for us. Rest and sings in your precious name. more and one more and one more.